We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of Your Welcome Radio. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, founder of Coachable. I'm a corporate dropout and recovering people pleaser turned online entrepreneur, speaker, and self-love junkie. And each week, I bring you a thought or a guest to help you get inspired, stay connected, and slay your fear dragons. So get ready to thank yourself for listening, because you're welcome here. Hey, you guys. I am coming to you from the floor of my living room. And I just felt like this was a week to do a solo cast from me and just give you a little bit of my perspective about what's happening um, in the world today, especially with the COVID-19 crisis, the economic downturn, the fear, and all of the uncertainty that we are feeling as a nation right now. And I think that it is a big time for all of us to come together, um, even though we are physically distancing, we don't have to be socially distant. Um, and I wanted to use this platform as another way to stay in connection with you guys and to be maybe a, a voice that isn't as loud as your TV or the news, which could be inciting a lot of fear right now, a lot of um, unknown and, and just remind you of a few truths today. And one of the things that I want to just start out by saying is that when we are in fear and when we're really afraid of experiencing pain, um, that it makes us do things that we just wouldn't typically do. And, you know, because of this pandemic and because of what it's, it's, um, doing to our bodies, to our economy, to um, our work, to the income that we have coming into our bank accounts every uh, every month. What many of us are experiencing is a lot of a fear. And when we talk about fear, it's really the fear of experiencing pain, right? Because Pain and pleasure are the two motivating forces in our lives that cause us to do just about anything. If we think we're going to experience pain, many times we avoid it, we run from it, we do the opposite thing. And 
you know, you see this right now playing out in grocery stores all across America and probably the world. People are fighting for essentials. They're buying ungodly amounts of toilet paper in an effort to not experience the pain that would come if they ran out of toilet paper and couldn't wipe, right? Like that's that's hilarious when we say it out loud. But the fear of pain causes us to do illogical things. And the pandemic that we're experiencing is magnifying the fear that people have of running out, of not having enough food, supplies, cleaning products, games to keep their kids entertained, you name it, you know, but we should not be afraid of pain because pain is mandatory for all of us. It's a non-negotiable when we decided to come into this world and are having this human experience. It's what gives us contrast to all of the pleasure that we experience. It's what teaches us. Pain is our teacher. And if we had nothing but pleasurable experiences all day, every day, we would not know the difference from experience to experience. We wouldn't know what's good or what's bad because it would all be the same. And we would get really bored. It's the same thing with control. You know, if we need needed to know every if we ha- knew everything that was going to happen before it did, which a lot of us think we want more certainty and more control of what's going to happen in the days to come. But if we knew exactly how our lives are going to play out, how boring would that be? There would be absolutely no surprise and no mystery or no learning and no contrast, which gives all of our pleasurable experiences so much goodness because They're the contrast to the pain that we've experienced. And when we begin to see life like this, you're no longer going to, you know, shudder with fear under uncertainty, but you'll start to really welcome it in your life. Because again, uncertainty is where possibility exists. It's where the infinite exists. And again, pain is mandatory, in this life, I don't know anyone who has, who's gotten out unscathed by some type of pain. Even Jesus experienced pain, an excruciating, like excruciating pain um, on the cross and when he, he died. But even though pain is mandatory, suffering is optional, okay? I really want you guys to hear that. Suffering is optional, Suffering is what happens when we try to skip over the pain. And that is the way that most people have been living up until now. And and some are still trying to stay in that pattern of thinking that they can outsmart pain. But the truth is, this, this pandemic, what's happening in the world, is revealing to us an opportunity to, to look at this in such a different way and to step out of the patterns and the ways that we've been avoiding, the ways that we've been thinking, the ways been, we've been living and choose again. We're seeing what hasn't been working, right? I mean, this is, is revealing so many gaps in our systems, so many systems that, that have, uh, that are crumbling in the face of a lot of pressure 
and that really have been built on sand. And that's why in the midst of, of this big storm that's come in, a lot of those systems and, uh, you know, are crumbling and we're having to rebuild them as a nation, our government, our health officials are rebuilding a lot of these internal structures to support um, the American people because what existed couldn't support it in this type of um, environment. So suffering is really what happens when we try to skip over that pain. And, you know, if we watch enough TV, if we scroll through social media enough, if we buy enough on Amazon, then we think we can outsmart pain and we don't have to face or feel it. But the suffering is there. It's the ache in the background that just keeps you from enjoying those things, those activities, because you know you're doing it because not because you want to be fulfilled by it, but because you don't want to feel. And so my experience of this is that this is a time that we're all being faced with an opportunity to realign our priorities, to really reassess where we are, where we're going, what's important, and what gets the most of our attention. I know so many people right now that are realizing for the first time how long it's been since they took a walk outside and listened to the birds chirp or sat on their porch and listened to the wind chimes. And and it's bringing us back to things that we've just gotten too busy to do. Maybe it's just gotten, you know, you were too busy to have a sit down table, like dinner with your family or too busy to give that friend a call that you always intend to do, but seems to get pushed down on the, the priority list. So this is the time to really reprioritize and look at what's been getting our attention and focus. And so I want to propose to you the six emotional suppression strategies that I see most often in my clients and the people that I work with and and just from my own self-study and and my work with my coaches. Because again, this is your chance to choose again. If the things that you've been living, like the way you've been coping hasn't been working for you and you're still feeling super like heightened levels of anxiety, of stress, of overwhelm, fear, debilitating anxiety, look at how you're suppressing your emotions. So the first one I want to talk about is distraction. So you channel all of your energy into something else outside of your emotion that is coming up for you um, that's just uncomfortable as a way to avoid feeling. That's what distraction is. So you keep possibly adding to your to-do list so that you can kind of crowd out any space to actually be with yourself in those emotions. This is you if you are full of busyness and yet still unfulfilled. So you would find a project or a person to obsess about to remove the focus from your own pain or to immerse yourself in some kind of adventure that will distract you from dealing with what actually is. So that's the first one, distraction. I know I see this all the time. I did this a lot in my younger life when I was going through immense pain, 
trauma of losing my sister, of losing a lot of loved ones. I would dive into my work as a distraction from that pain. And a lot of times we're afraid. I was afraid that if I actually looked at it, I would be overcome by it. But that's really not true. So this is the first suppression strategy. Number two is numbing, numbing the pain. So this is a technique that that people use as soon as they start to feel something uncomfortable rise up in them. So as soon as you start to feel, you know, your chest tighten, your heart race, you feeling a little out of control, feeling anger come over you. A lot of the common methods are drinking, eating, working, spending money. Amazon's getting a hell of a lot of our money right now. And that's still something we're able to do even from home. Over-exercising might be something you're doing right now. Social media, indulging, over-indulging in food, in, in Netflix, in movies, in sleep. And trying to sleep your days away as if you're going to wake up at some point and all this is going to be over and you're, you can go back to your normal quote-unquote life. That is also a form of numbing. Any kind of really addictive behavior that keeps you from truly feeling is a form of suppression. And it's one of the most damaging coping strategies that I see because of the high level of stimulation that it involves. So really, in order to maintain a particular level of suppression over time and to not feel, then you have to keep upping the ante and increasing the stimulation. So the longer you suppress by numbing, the more dependent you become on that suppression tool of choice. If that's eating, you're going to eat more. If that's drinking, you're going to drink more. If that's spending money, you're going to max the credit card. And that suppression can lead to an addiction. So just ask yourself, as I'm going through these, do any of these resonate with me? If I'm really honest do I tend to go to any of these as a way to avoid feeling discomfort? The third one is being strong. Oh man. And was this a favorite of mine for a lot of my life? So basically when something really hard happens, we often buy into the assumption that we're being tested and that passing the test depends on pushing through and persevering without really giving ourselves the permission to truly feel and to fully experience what it is that's happening to us. And we live in a world where being strong and pretending nothing is bothering us is not only common, it's rewarded. And this was something that I totally bought into um, as a younger adult. And I thought, you know, being strong was almost an identity that I had attached myself to. Being strong is one of the most common pieces of advice that I hear. And it's one of my absolutely least favorites now, because I've done a ton of work of trying to release the need to have this persona and this mask. Um, because of all of the implications, that, that it comes with, which is to not feel, that we shouldn't feel, that being strong means we shouldn't ever have a vulnerable moment. And really, it's just crazy to think that because we're having a human experience. So we put on these masks of trying to look strong on the outside, but we're falling apart on the inside. And it's so overrated. If you, if you, 
identify with this, you know it's overrated because you're like, this is bullshit. I'm supposed to be strong, but I don't feel strong. Everyone tells me I'm strong, but that's like the worst thing you could tell me because I feel like crap. But still, we smile and we say thank you. And again, we reiterate to ourselves that this is who I am and this is an identity and this is a front that I have to continue to um, this be this persona. And yeah, again, this is how I used to live, you guys, for so, so long. And we push away any really emotion that means that we're going to be vulnerable. And, but at the same time, it keeps us from valuable learning and even more valuable healing that's available. Vulnerability is a powerful tool for healing. It's required. It's an absolute requirement to our healing and out of to get out of suffering is to be honest and real. You know, perseverance is important in life, right? And to to persevere through times like this as a people, as a community, as, you know, a nation. But the key to persevering through hard times is allowing yourself to be fully present in the experience, not mustering the strength to push it away or to jump over it or to act like it doesn't exist. Okay. The fourth one, fourth suppression strategy is pep talks. (laughs) If you are into personal development at all, Positive psychology, positive thinking is um, definitely a topic that gets a lot of uh, attention. And we understand the power of positive thinking because our thoughts are energy. And the more attention that we give to a thought, the bigger that it becomes. And this is something that I talk a lot with my clients about. And I really understand that, that whatever, one, we resist persists i.e. you can't jump over pain and that's when suffering comes in. But also whatever you give your attention to, whatever you tune your focus to, whatever you focus on grows. So I'm going to teach on this more next week um, on the podcast and give you some actual practical strategies for um, getting out of kind of your monkey mind and into a more empowering um, state of thinking. But giving ourselves a pep talk is not always appropriate for the circumstance. And it can also be a form of avoidance from really processing our emotions. I see many, many people put pressure on themselves to move immediately into reciting positive affirmations. They feel something come on. They're like, oh God, this feels really big. Let me go get my affirmations and just tell myself that I'm loved and I'm abundant and I'm safe and I'm healed and I'm perfect. And it doesn't really feel authentic in the midst of big disappointment or big fear or anger or uncertainty or grief, right? Like what so many people right now are experiencing the pain of losing someone that they love dearly. To coronavirus. And as someone who's lost seven, six or seven, I can't even keep track, uh, very close, immediately, immediate family members, I can tell you that when you're experiencing that, the last thing 
that I want to hear or do is recite positive affirmations in order to move through the grief that I'm experiencing. So don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for negative thinking or indulging in a pity party. But what I am saying is that acknowledging what is truly authentic for you is an important part of your healing and pressuring yourself to think completely positive thoughts will likely will trigger you to move into self-judgment because it's an absolutely unrealistic expectation. You cannot live in that, that state all the time. Again, we have to have contrast and that's how we grow. So if you're someone that subscribes to the thinking, okay, if I'm experiencing something hard, let me, let me immediately go to all of my positive affirmations and just give myself a pep talk and it'll all be fine. Just, just realize that this might actually be a suppression strategy for not experiencing and really being in, um, in the moment and being present with what is really up and true for you right then. Okay, last two here. So I think we're on number five. The next best thing is what I would say and call this. The next best thing. This is a way that we suppress. When we do not like how we're feeling, we will typically assume that we need a new set of circumstances, right? So if we don't, we just got broken up with, like, well, shit, I just need a new city. I need to move to a new city and just start over. Or I need a new relationship. I need the next guy to walk into my life to help me forget about this guy. Or I need a new car or I need a new job or I need more money or whatever it is. It's the next best thing. But what coronavirus is making difficult right now for everyone is all of those things. It's really difficult probably to get a new job that you're just like, is your dream job right now? I'm not saying it's impossible. Absolutely, nothing's impossible. But for many people, they're losing their jobs. Uh, it diff- would be very difficult to move to a new city right now, given the circumstances that we're all supposed to be hunkered down where we are and not <laughs> interacting. Uh, a new relationship, unless you are um, only on Tinder or whatever the social like dating apps are. I don't know them anymore because I married. Um, but you could be you know, trying to uh, pursue a new relationship, a new car, really the next best thing. What can get my mind off of what's happening so I can focus on something else? And even if you do move to a new city or you do get a new job or you do start a relationship or even invest in a bigger purchase, then like that external thing is only a replacement. It's not a solution to what you're experiencing because you're still carrying around all the unresolved internal issues from your past. You haven't healed that. You're just trying to replace what was what you once had with something new. And trying to replace the pain of one thing with the pleasure of something else will not ever create lasting positive results in your life. Because what motivated and attracted you to the new thing was your feeling of lack and scarcity and wanting to replace an uncomfortable feeling. And that's like building a house on sand. It it might stand for a while, but sooner or later, the house is going to sink because it was built on sand. It didn't have a strong foundation. So I just encourage you guys, as you're listening to this, ask yourself, what resonates? Something that I might say might spark 
some, you know, you might feel it in your body. You might feel it and be like, oh yes, that's me. She's talking about me. This is not an opportunity for self-judgment. It's an opportunity for self-reflection of self-growth, of realizing what we've been doing, what the patterns we've been living in look like, what hasn't been working, and choose again. And so the last one of these emotional suppression techniques or coping strategies that I like to call them is spiritual bypassing. And when something happens, basically that upsets us, we tend, depending on if you would categorize yourself as a spiritual or religious person, you might take this approach. And it's when you attempt to kind of jump immediately to the blessing of the situation without experiencing or doing the work that actually facilitates the kind of learning that creates the lasting change in your life. So in my experiences, we can't solely meditate, chant, pray, our way out of the experience that we're in of a healthcare crisis, of an economic recession, or any other uncomfortable, unexpected circumstance. Also, my coach calls this an expectation hangover, basically where we thought things were going to go a certain way. They thought we were, it was going to look a certain way and it didn't work out the way we thought it was, we'd planned. And then we have this expectation hangover. We can't, just meditate or chant or pray our way out of that, even though spiritual practices, hear me, are absolutely key. And this is an opportunity to very much deepen our spiritual practices and to go up into higher um, vibrational alignment more than ever. But we are multidimensional beings. We are also 3D beings. We're very much more than our bodies and emotions very much more. We are not just 3D beings, but we are spirits having an, a human experience here on planet Earth right now. So if we attempt to see the silver lining too soon, we may be turning away from the truth of our human experience right now. And I I really believe there's something to be said about being with those parts of you and experiencing all that there is to to feel, to facilitate in your learning and your growth. So do you recognize yourself in any of these? If you do, if one, two, three, all of them resonate, again, this is just how you've tended to cope. And a lot of times this might have been mirrored to us from family members um, or friends or whoever has really been um, key and vital in our development, um, we we watch what other people have done. So if if dad was an alcoholic, maybe that's the suppression te- uh, strategy that you use. Um, if mom was uh, an overspender, maybe that's what you do. Um, so just ask yourself that. And, and again, this is not to indulge in self-judgment, but to give you an awareness that you might not have had before in order to empower you to choose a different path, a different technique, a different strategy. And next week, guys, I'm going to be offering you some strategies 
practically that you can take away and that you can start to implement in your life right now so that you don't have to continue to go back to these patterns. So the amazing thing as I end this today is I want to remind you of the truth about what is available to you. And the amazing thing about love and attention and encouragement and grace and joy and gratitude is that these things are infinite. We see the stripping away of the finite right now. If we've put our faith and trust in our money, in our job, in our, even our health or our bodies, we're seeing the stripping away of all of these things that are not infinite. And there is a huge reminder that is coming to all of us collectively that the things that are true, that have always been true, and that will always remain true is what we have the chance to put our focus and attention on. And the things like love and encouragement, gratitude, joy, those, we get a new supply every single morning. So we can give it away all day. And we never, ever have to monitor the supply or grab or hoard because there is enough for all of us. It is from that source that we've come into this world. It's what we will return to when we transition on. And that is the unending supply that is constantly available to you if you choose to focus your attention there. You know, we're all being faced with ourselves in a way that a lot of us have never experienced. The average person is their own worst critic. The average person avoids discomfort and pain. The average person is afraid to look in the mirror longer than it takes to check and make sure their hair looks okay. Not to mention we don't have anywhere to go right now because we're all stuck in the freaking house. (laughs) But this time is asking for all of us to befriend ourselves. Be a friend to yourself. I mean, hell, like, like I just said, you're stuck with yourself all day long. We are already anyway. Many of us just don't realize it. So let's be kinder. Let's be more gentle, more loving company to be with. Let's take our own hand and say, there, there, girl, you're doing a good job. I'm proud of how you're handling all this craziness. Don't give up. Keep going. I've got you. We're going to get through this. What if we spoke to ourselves like that? What if we spoke to ourselves the way we talk to our kids when they're when they're having a crying fit and they're they're all wound up and they're feeling feeling overwhelmed? What if we could soothe our own souls when we feel that way? And we can. We can. If you were to speak to yourself in that loving, compassionate way, you would see such a huge transformation. Here is a chance to cultivate greater self-compassion. But hear me, what compassion, you know, compassion doesn't just happen. Pity does, but compassion isn't pity, okay? It's not a feeling. Compassion is a viewpoint. It's a way of life. It's a perspective. It's a habit that becomes a discipline. The word compassion literally means 
Co meaning with suffering, passion, passion of the Christ. If you can think about that, co with suffering. So to be with your suffering, self-compassion is to be with the parts of you that are in pain, not to judge it, not to make it wrong, just to observe it. And more than anything else, compassion is a choice that we make that love is more important than our comfort and our convenience. You know, as I end, many of us are really going up. We are deepening our spiritual practices. We are praying, meditating more than ever to whoever you call God, whether that's spirit, God, Jesus, universe. It's all the same. And if we are going to ask for our daily bread, we have got to take the time to receive it and to eat it. God provide, but we've got to slow down long enough to taste and see. So look at this time as an opportunity to slow down long enough to taste of what's good, to see of what's true, and to love one another as you'd love yourself. If you took anything away from this podcast or you felt like it resonated with you, please take a screenshot and let me know. Tag me at Coach Tori Gordon. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever you're on social media. I would love to hear what it is that you took away from this episode that's really going to help facilitate you on your journey. And if you are one that is experiencing high levels of stress, anxiety, overwhelm, whatever those uncomfortable emotions are, I feel you, I see you, I understand. And that's why I put together a free guided meditation just for you. How to find your flow in the wilderness of discomfort. And I really want to aid and assist you in releasing that anxiety. And so if you want to, I'm gonna link the meditation. It's absolutely free below in the show notes. Just go click on that link and download it enjoy and I wish you nothing but love light and I'll see you next week you're welcome it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com